Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Tooth and Claw. Today, we're doing another Animal Attack News Roundup. And I'm done talking. Let's get to the show. Hey everyone, how's it going? Hey! How you doing, Wes? I'm good, I'm... Tooth and Claw, back at you guys. We're back. And we got a special uh, news episode. Oh, it's special? And why is it special, Wes? Because all three of us are together, and we're friends. And we, and we love each other. <laughs> yeah, that's why it's special. So, Should... I'm pretty mad about something. Okay, let's hear it. So, Avatar's back in theaters. Right. First, I feel like they pulled a fast one on me, where I thought it was Avatar 2 coming out yeah. this month. And then it's just their first Avatar. Mm-hmm. Right. And then... Yesterday on Reddit, I find out that they cut the hair sex scene from it in the Wait, what? Yeah. Oh, come That's on. That's the best scene. <laughs> right? <laughs> it's at least, it's crucial I think to it's, the story. I think the reason they probably cut that is because he does the same thing with all the animals too, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <He laughs> Which like was a little weird. The same way. Yeah. 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 But like... That just changes the whole movie now. Yeah, because I viewed him like he trained that dragon because he had sex with it, or the <laughs> yeah, it's whatever. A dragon. It trained it's pretty much. Wait, a dragon. <laughs> oh yeah, you okay. know he jumps Where on the he dragon. Had to, like jump on. No, it. you got yeah. my wires. I was thinking how to train your dragon for a second. I was like, I don't think there's a sex scene mm. in that movie. So I, don't know. I that feel one like was off camera. Maybe I'm wrong here, <laughs> but I feel like when Avatar came out. Like, it was cool not to like Avatar for a while. I, I feel like at least my friends were like, oh, Avatar. It was kind of like, seemed like a big dumb movie. And then I recently went back and watched it, and I just loved it start to finish. Like, really enjoyed mm. it. I also felt like then for a while that James Cameron was kind of like a hack. And just like this big bloated director that couldn't direct anymore. And... I had to re-examine that, too, because I really liked Avatar, and then on a rewatch of Titanic, I really enjoyed it. I think I like all of his movies, like genuinely really like all I of his movies. For me, too, it was like the only movie where like I thought the 3D experience was really cool. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Most movies, I don't think the 3D adds anything and if anything it might take it away and that's kind of where 3d like has left Uh but with avatar i thought it like actually really enhanced the movie and made it cool yeah and i was surprised to see it's coming back it's like back in theaters and it's like all in 3d and i thought like they couldn't even do that anymore (laughs) (laughs) yeah i wonder if the new one will be in 3d i hope so yeah Mike, you're very quiet today. You're just nodding at everything we're saying. No, I've I've just been silently considering the fact that <laughs> he hasn't I'm, seen Avatar. Well, no, I've seen it. I I've always kind of secretly been on board. Uh-huh. Uh, I've had to hide that for some stretches because, like you said, there was kind of like a a counter reaction to it, and I was like, I don't know, I don't know. It's kind of cool, <laughs> but I was just can, thinking that I'm glad that 3D never caught on so much that they went back to like old classic movies and started rendering those in 3D for like yeah. a new theatrical release of like The Godfather in 3D. Yeah, which would be, for a while know, maybe it could be kind of cool, but for a while, like movies that weren't filmed in 3D, I'd watch that. Yeah, <laughs> movies that weren't filmed in 3D when they'd come out in theaters, they'd like then in post like make them 3D. 
and they look terrible. Like they were yeah. awful movies. But it might make Godfather a little less boring though. Ooh. Oh, holy <laughs> cow, Jeff. <laughs> holy mackerel. Shots fired. Maybe people just didn't find like I think Avatar was thought to be cool for like a year or two after it came out. But I think yeah. like after the second Halloween of people dressing up like avatars just in the blue paint and like no shirt they're navi people were like uh maybe this isn't cool (laughs) yeah but now mike you can bring that back out yeah because it's cool again my little weird tentacle thing (laughs) yeah (laughs) oh i saw this tweet the other day that was like you know how when um, sigourney weaver turns into her avatar into like the navi she has a stanford shirt on still but it's like yeah. a oh, huge yeah. one. It's <laughs> yeah. like this tweet was like, this means that she had to bring a huge Stanford shirt to space with her to like put on her <laughs> Navi. And that's like how proud she was that she went to Stanford. <laughs> Standard <laughs> Stanford dumb. student. Another one I saw that was really interesting was, um, I guess, James Cameron, when it came out, he like invited all these indigenous leaders from all over the globe to a screening of Avatar. And then he went and like protested pipelines and stuff with indigenous people afterward. Oh, cool. <laughs> yeah. Oh, nice. I like yeah. that. I like it a lot. I have um, a good James Cameron story from, so the guy who does the visual effects for Avatar, mm-hmm. I drove him at the Sundance Film Festival. Yeah. It was super cool. And he won an Oscar for it. But anyways, he told me a story about Aliens 2. Because that was James Cameron, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, he was like, James Cameron, when he like met with the board of people to like, okay, the movie, like his entire pitch, he went up to the whiteboard and just wrote money with a dollar sign. Yeah. It was, <laughs> and then, like that was his entire pitch. It was the word alien on a whiteboard. And then he just added the S dollar sign onto the end of the alien. Oh, that's what aliens. it was. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So I guess everyone knows that story. Yeah. But, <laughs> but you got it from the inside. You, you're, I got it from You're still cooler friend. than the rest of us. Yeah. Yeah. Even though you had more details than me. <laughs> That's unimportant. Who's who are we to care about getting all the details, right? You know, Wes. That's yeah. Wes's job. That's my job, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and it's only with wildlife. Um, he's probably he's got to be like the most Aliens successful director ever, money wise, right? I think Spielberg still. Oh yeah, you're probably right. Yeah. Michael Bay with all of the advertisements he sneaks into <laughs> his true. movies too. I just mean like box office. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, anyway, we could talk about James Cameron for hours, but we're not going to. Come on. What do we actually talk about here, Jeff? James Cameron. No, that's not what we talk about. (laughs) Uh, We talk about animals. This is a wildlife podcast. And, you know, we like to talk about stories that feature animal attacks, and we like to do them in a way that's not sensationalizing them. And we can do that. You like to do it that way. Yeah. I like to. You like to sensationalize. Spice it up (laughs) a little. Yeah. Uh, I'm a wildlife biologist. I have worked with bears for most of my career. Jeff helped with a little bit of that. Mike has absolutely no connection to animals whatsoever. None. He helped Uh, once, right? Didn't you come to a bear den? No. I've never even seen an animal. No. Ah, shoot. (laughs) Anyway, we're tooth and claw. That's what we do. You guys got anything else you want to talk about? Well, we do. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> no, I think I'm exhausted. Honestly, the past ten minutes have been pretty taxing. I think we should just get into the episode. You want me to give you a news story? Yeah, let's. You know, it's our it's our uh, it's our news episode. So let's talk about yeah. some news stories. 
All right, I'll kick us off with a quick little one. You'll cook us off? I said kick. Okay. <laughs> You're in his head. I had to remember what I said. <laughs> You're in his head now, right. Wes. <laughs> <laughs> so this one I have very little details on, along with a couple other ones I have. Okay, but, it sounds uh, about right. Uh, In Ukraine, in Kharkiv, there was a chimpanzee that escaped from their zoo there because, like, they had to relocate all the Kiv animals to Kharkiv. I I said one of those wrong. I think I said one of, like, the border towns. They had to relocate the animals to Kharkiv, okay? So, like, it's kind of like a makeshift zoo. So this chimpanzee escaped and was just running around town, and the zookeepers kept following it around and couldn't get it to come back to him. It's kind of like the thing with, like, a dog off the leash where you can't ever quite catch them, you know, but they'll, like, stay close to you. Okay, yeah. <laughs> so what would you guys do to get a chim- chimpanzee to come back to you? I'd get a banana. A banana would be smart. What yeah. did that guy in our chimpanzee story, he brought a cake, right? Yeah, mm. that that got the chimps coming over to him. They didn't like that. Got that got three chimpanzees <laughs> over <true>. there. <laughs> you might want to wear cake, a full that's a good full one. suit of armor <laughs> if you bring a cake. Um, <laughs> well, after a few hours, the zookeepers event it started raining, and the zookeepers started holding up a raincoat. So then the chimpanzee was like, didn't want to get wet and came over, and then uh. they offered him a hug. <laughs> And put him on onto a bicycle. <laughs> I think <laughs> so I saw photos of that. There's this really funny video of like a chimpanzee in a raincoat on a bicycle, and they're just like wheeling it around Ukraine. So that's my <laughs> first story. All right, starting off strong. I'll go next, I guess. Uh, I'll do one that a lot of people sent us this month. It's one that happened pretty recently, and I think so many people sent it to us because. It's so rare. It's not a thing that like really ever happens, which is that a man was killed by a kangaroo in Australia. So the last time what this happened, heck? yeah, last time this happened was 1936. So it's been almost almost 100 years since the last person was killed by a kangaroo. Um, the man what who do was they call kangaroos as like a nickname in Australia. Roos something. Roos. Roos and Skip. <laughs> That's what that one guy called him. Uh, Uh, That's right. (laughs) All right. So this guy was 77 years old. He lived in this kind of somewhat rural city of Redmond, which is near Perth in Western Australia. It's likely that he was keeping this kangaroo as a pet. It was an adult male Western gray kangaroo that attacked him. Uh, Apparently it attacked him earlier in the day. And then when the police and the EMTs showed up, they actually had to shoot the kangaroo because it was guarding this guy's body. um, And it wouldn't let them like get close to the guy. When they finally like were able to get to him, they pronounced him dead on the scene. So this is like a pretty unheard of kind of event. But I think the really important thing to consider here is that this was likely a pet kangaroo, like a wild one that this guy tried to turn into a pet. And that's probably huh. what led to it attacking him. Their Western gray kangaroos are extremely common kangaroos uh, in southern and southwestern parts of Australia. They can get up to more than 120 pounds. They're highly sexually dimorphic. The males are about twice the size of females, which actually brings up a point that I wanted, like kind of a correction corner. I had a friend write me and say, hey, 
it seems like you guys only talk about sexual dimorphism in terms of size. And I know we have talked about it outside of that, but I just want to make sure everyone out there knows we bring up sexual dimorphism a lot. It's not just size. It can be any kind of like phenotypic expression. So your phenotype is like all of your physical attributes. So it can be anything physical in an animal that's different between the genders. Like like a peacock is really bright and blue as a male. Can I play like the other side of this a little bit? There isn't another side. Well, I'm I'm just gonna like say though, like how how is it even notable that an animal is sexually dimorphic then? Because it seems like with every species, there's some differences between males and females. Yeah, I mean, like that's why like some of them are very sexually dimorphic, and some of them are just somewhat sexually dimorphic. But like there are some where you can heart like ravens, for example, are very similar you know, between males and females. Mm. Is there a word for that? Uh, probably. But they're still Se- sexually dimorphic. Sexually morphic? I, they're still, <laughs> they're still <laughs> going to be like a little bit different. But then you have animals like a peacock that I just brought up where it's like very different between the male and the female. Or a western gray kangaroo where the male is much bigger than the female. So it's just like, I get what you're saying, but it, it's worth noting in some animals because there is such a vast difference. Okay. It looks yeah. like there is a term for what you were talking about, Jeff. It is sexual monomorphism. So okay. for anyone curious enough, Jeff. Cool. Yeah, let me know when there's a sexually monomorphic animal. I will. Yeah. I think he just okay. did. A raven. So gray kangaroos, I'm not sure about ravens. I just kind of pulled that one out because they look really similar. So gray kangaroos can jump more than 25 feet at a time. They can move at speeds of what? around 35 miles per hour. Yeah. They use their tails. 25 feet is freaking, that's a bus. It's far. Yeah. That <laughs> <laughs> is, yeah. <laughs> oh, no. They use their tails like a springboard when they're jumping, and then they also mu- use them as a no. balance. So <laughs> That's um, a cartoon. That's Tigger. It's not. They actually do it. And they'll lean back on their tail when they're fighting, and they'll kick out their front legs. That's cool. And that's likely what happened with this guy. They have really sharp claws, both on their feet and on their arms. They also grapple, so they kind of treat us like they treat another kangaroo. So if like you're in a bad situation with a kangaroo, it's going to kick at you, and then it's going to try and grab you and like grapple with you. And they'll even try and like scratch your face and gouge out your eyes and stuff. Um, oh, man. So they're pretty gnarly. Smart. and. And one good kick from their feet could disembowel a person. And that's my guess of probably what happened to this guy. Yeah. Uh, All right. They keep their boxing gloves in their pouch, right? You forgot that one. They do. They pull them out and they're just covered in mucus. (laughs) Yeah. So do you think the fact that um, the kangaroo had been tamed to be this person's pet is what is thought? Do you think that's probably why? Because it doesn't seem very normal for a kangaroo to have killed something and then kind of hang over the carcass because they're not they wouldn't have right. eaten the well, owner, right? It's really weird for it to have killed someone in the first place. Yeah. And then yeah, for it to stick around too. Like they're mer- they're very much like a flight animal when there's a predator or a threat or anything. They're fast, they they can do these really big jumps, they get away. And so for one to stick around and fight is really not common. I have a theory. Yeah, let's hear it. I think just every single day, this guy was trying to climb into its pouch. Yeah, that's and what I finally he, just had The enough. kangaroo would give it like one, he, it'd give him one kick, like, get the heck out of here, skip. Yeah. You know? 
The and kangaroo's then, calling the other guy Skip. Yeah, he's he doesn't okay. like being called Skip, so he'll call <laughs> this guy Skip. I see. Well, and he's a kangaroo, so the guy calls him Skip, and he just thinks everyone's called Skip in the world. Sure. Because they don't really okay. understand words that yeah, well. Yeah, you've thought this through. But anyways, <laughs> finally, this guy tries it again, and the kangaroo, he tries it twice in one day, and he's always just been trying it once a day. Yeah, and on the far. second time in the same day... The kangaroo just loses it. It's like, okay. I'm just loses control. And then he feels bad afterwards, so he's guarding the guy because he overreacted. He overreacted. Yeah. You know? We've all been there. That's my theory. No. All right. Well, let me tell you the actual reasons that kangaroos do sometimes attack people besides no, people trying to crawl into their pouches. All right. Sometimes it's because their numbers, movements, or group structures have changed because they no longer have predators or new habitats been provided. Um, Sometimes it's because they've lost their instinctive fear of humans because they've been fed or handled. Um, Sometimes they see a person as a sparring partner or a threat to their offspring or their dominance. Uh, Sometimes it's because they're cornered or startled, or sometimes it's because it's a female kangaroo that's weaning her young. And I got all that information from... I bet you from, that last one. I don't think so. <laughs> I actually know for a fact it wasn't. Um, I got all that information from the New South Wales government page on kangaroos. This one was almost for sure that it was just a habituated kangaroo that finally decided to lash out because the guy was trying to crawl into its pouch every single day. <laughs> and he finally yeah. pushed his luck and did it twice. <laughs> uh, all right. So that's our first story. Thanks, everyone, for sending that one to us. At some point, we're going to have a full-length episode on kangaroos, but this one didn't really have that many details. So we're just, we're going to cut my first story, yeah. and this is our first story. Sure. Yeah. No, <laughs> you not. just said well, that's our first story. <laughs> oh, that, I said that's my first story, didn't I? Uh-oh. We're going to have to do I a don't know. huge correction corner we'll next see. time. One of you is wrong. I'm so sorry. It's going to be a lot of tension until we can clear that up. Hey, right. Wes... Before we go to your story, Mike, Wes did a correction corner there. Yeah. And I need to do a correction corner from our last episode, too. Oh, okay. You want to do it now? Yeah. All right. I, I kind of knew I could do a Donald Duck impersonation, but I hadn't done it in forever, and it came off really bad, so I need to just redo that real quick. All right. Let's hear it. Oh, okay. <laughs> That's a lot better. Yeah. yeah. It kind of sounds like Donald Duck choking on his own bile. But or he's being drowned. Yeah. Yeah. I, I can't say words yet. Yeah, that's... You know, yeah, I'm like uh, saying words, but they don't come out. So. Yeah, it made me picture someone holding him underwater. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There's Donald Duck underwater. <laughs> All right, Mike, you got any stories for us? Uh, yeah, I did. So for the my first story, I wanted to revisit, give a little update on the macaque situation that I talked about last time in Yamaguchi, Japan. Yeah. Um, so I monkey in Iran. Yeah, I got most of my information from Japan News as well as Mainichi.jp. So in late July this year, 2022. The situation had escalated to the point where the city decided that they needed to bring in a specialized unit to come and deal with all of these. Well, so... Monkey SWAT. Yeah. The monkey SWAT team (laughs) came in. They were deployed uh, with all haste. They got, like, belts with bananas, like 10 (laughs) bananas, like utility belts with bananas. Right. Um, (laughs) 
So this specialized unit was actually able to capture one monkey that was believed to have been involved in at least one of the violent encounters that the people of the city had been going through. But it turns out, since last time, a, a quick update on the story, it's believed to be more of a monkey gang, as it's being referred to as now. And I'm not going to say terrorizing, but they're causing a fair amount of mischief in Yamaguchi. But two days after this special unit captured and unfortunately ended up having to euthanize this macaque, another one of the main perpetrators, another one of the monkeys, snuck into the living quarters of four Indonesian technical interns who were living in Japan at the time, and the monkey leapt at 29-year-old Gabriel Mawu, who held it down with his bare hands while the other three of the interns scrambled to help him out. So, uh... Jeez. The city issued as a reward. They gave him like a certificate of thanks, uh, as well as like a bunch of Wagyu beef and apples, it says, which I thought was kind of <laughs> nice. But it turns out that after this monkey had been caught, the incidents have since stopped, which is great. They were the ringleaders. Yeah. So up to that point, around 66 injuries had been reported by city residents. So it was a lengthy and painful battle that That's these crazy. people had to go through. So, you think the story ends there, right? Oh, I do. Uh, and it kind of does, but I did, I just, I needed <laughs> and to... And it does. <laughs> I needed to talk about this next news story because it also involves a macaque who was causing mischief, this time up in Fuji City, which is kind of central Japan. Um, so it's not a completely isolated macaque scenario that they had down in Yamaguchi. I love their pears. <laughs> yeah, they're broaching into cities all over the place, apparently. Well, all over, this is the second one that I saw reported. The same monkeys? <laughs> Probably not, because that's, I don't know how many miles, kilometers away that this would have been. And they were euthanized. Yeah, <laughs> that's <laughs> most important. Maybe it's their detail. ghosts. But they could have, like, their souls could have gone into a different monkey. Yeah. Right. It's the most likely explanation i would say so a woman was hanging out around fujikawa station and she called in a report that a macaque was inside the station just kind of getting up to no good you know so in response the city hall dispatched three municipal employees and one hunting specialist each equipped with tranquilizer rifles to capture this monkey so as they got onto the scene and they were questioning this woman trying to get any information that they could out of her one of these employees accidentally discharged their gun, and in a scene straight out of old school, the trank dart shot out directly into the arm of the woman, and it just <laughs> knocked her out, just completely knocked her out oh, cold. Uh, she was rushed to the hospital. Thankfully, she did wake up an hour later, and about an hour after waking up, she gained full control over all her faculties. But uh, the city issued an apology to her, of course. But the monkey remains at large. So developing yeah. situation up in Fuji City. This guy that helped us on the Black Bear Project, um, this old trapper guy, he was darting. He was going to dart a mountain lion. And the dart actually, it accidentally went off and went into his leg. And it was like enough drug for a big male mountain lion. And he almost died. Like he had a near-death experience. Like saw his dead dad and was taking oh like gosh. one breath per minute and stuff. And like had to be rushed to the hospital it's pretty gnarly when you when you drug a human with the drug that you were trying to give an animal. It's it usually does a lot of damage. Yeah, yeah he shouldn't have, he shouldn't have shot her with that. He, yeah. he shouldn't. Hopefully, have, the yeah. city gave her a lot of apples. Yeah. <laughs> <Seriously>. <laughs> All right. Okay, that's it. That's it for Jeff? monkeying around. Okay, I'm gonna go to my big one. Okay. okay. 
So this one's called Chompin' Gators. So this happened in Lakeland. So it's like the Lakeland area in Florida. A disc golfer was found in the morning in the mouth of an alligator. And the person said that he was on a walk with his dogs and he saw an alligator with what he thought was a tire in its mouth. And then he got closer and saw that it was a corpse. And is trying to get into a storm sewer and then started doing death rolls to try to fit this body through like this storm. Drain. Oh my so, gosh. Like, the first sighting of this corpse is like an alligator death rolling it to get it through a storm sewer, right? Mm-hmm. So he calls authorities and they euthanize this alligator and they weren't positive if it's the right alligator. But then they'd like do the autopsy on it and find remains of the person inside of it. And then they were having a really hard time figuring out who the person was because it ended up being a homeless man that lived in the area. So like it's just harder to find contacts for him and like identification and all that. But it was Richard Zachary Taylor, who's 72 and yeah, had no permanent um address he is identified by his fingerprints and yeah this one was sent to me by a listener who lived in the area and i don't have their name on me so whoever it was you should have got your shout out on tooth and claw this episode (laughs) but you didn't because i i blew it (laughs) Um, but i was looking for more details on it and guess what source gave me the most details oh was it the new york post again reddit Oh, okay. <laughs> and not only Reddit, but the R Disc Golf Reddit. Oh, wow. Okay. Mike, are you on there? Yeah, I got to monitor my enemies closely. Um, how <laughs> active is that subreddit? There's 217,000. Oh, my people. gosh. <laughs> yeah. Misguided souls. And, like, a lot of them knew this guy somehow, too. Oh, yeah. And like before I get into it, I want to give you a note from the so I was reading about it on NBC News. And um, just to give you like an idea of what I was working through here with how vague these articles were. It said, Florida Fish and Wildlife said in a statement, our sincere condolences go out to the family and friends of the deceased. The park is home to a disc golf course where flying discs are thrown into baskets As in golf, the player who needs the fewest number of throws to put a disc in each basket along the course wins. Some park regulators said WFLA isn't unusual to see people fishing in the water for discs that went off course, despite the park's warning that suggests mortal danger could exist below the surface. So I was a C-average student. And I know when you have like a minimum amount of words that you need, at least when I see it. And that's definitely them like filling in a few extra words. Padding their article. A little filibuster action. Yeah. That was my entire life as an English student. Yeah. But so basically I start digging in through articles and like this guy would like go swim in the ponds and collect discs off the bottom of the water and then sell them yeah and then he'd sell them for about five dollars um and he'd give you a really cheap deal if he found your disc so i started reading the listeners told me this and then i started reading it on the disc golf subreddit as well 
he was just a cool dude who like I guess he had some type of cancer or something. Oh. God, this just gets sadder. He had some or, here. I'm just gonna read you the top comment. Sadly, from what I know about the guy who is likely the one I'm thinking of, this is the top comment on Reddit. He knew all the risk and didn't really care considering his situation. He had some sort of terminal illness that only gave him a couple more years and also suffered from seizures. He ended up unemployed because of his condition and was trying to get in the disability program. He used the money from disc diving to be able to fill his prescriptions while hoping to get government assistance. I don't believe he was actively suicidal or anything, but I don't think he really had any fear over this being how he went out. Jeez. Hmm. And that's what the listener said, too. Like, the guy didn't... Like, he knew he might get eaten by an alligator, and he didn't really care. That just shows, like, how messed up our system is. Like, the fact that, you, like... You, like, have to dive with alligators yeah, for like frisbee an un- golf discs. An unhoused dude that has a serious medical condition... Needs to like, yeah, dive around alligators to make enough money to pay for his pills that he needs to live. And then the person who started the Reddit post and a few other people like confirmed like this is him. He told me a similar story. Oh, okay. Um, Man. It just, this whole Reddit thread has honestly like a hundred people who knew who this guy was. Yeah. And like would buy discs from him and stuff. So it's like Jeez. crazy to me that like there's so many people who have played this disc golf course and mm-hmm. they're like all saying that they've like thrown discs in this pond before. Yeah. And then in 2020, there was a disc golfer who was trying to get his disc out. He just threw it a little bit in and he was like bending over to grab his disc and an alligator bit his face. <laughs> oh my Jeez. gosh. So yeah. they're they're in there. Maybe they, if you're if you're disc golfing in Florida, disc, I think they figured it out. Yeah, just let your disc go if you're disc golfing in Florida and it lands in a pond. Yeah, I I have friends don't that go disc golfing. Yeah, <laughs> I have friends that work <laughs> with alligators in Florida, and they say that pretty much, especially in southern Florida, like you need to treat every waterway as if it's occupied by alligators because there's a good chance that it is, and that's just like. A kind of a rule of thumb for South Florida and parts of Florida that have lots of alligators. Just assume that there's alligators in there because there probably are. And yeah, in in places like that too, they're pretty habituated usually. Like I bet some of those disc golfers fed that alligator. Like I would, I'd be shocked if they didn't. So it's, that's a sad one. I, when I saw that one this summer, I was like, man, that, that one's just such a bummer. Yeah. That, and to be honest, that one, that one happened in June. I just came upon it recently yeah but i wanted to read three comments on the same thread okay so follow me here i've played in florida two times if it went in the water i wouldn't even approach the edge i would just move on to the next hole from louisiana i've seen gators attack on the water's edge nope 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 and nope (laughs) then the next comment says from mountain gator i lived in florida for nine years (laughs) you could put in a that's nothing before that probably (laughs) (laughs) i lived in florida for nine years honestly gators are the least of your worries (laughs) (laughs) there are a thousand different venomous snakes in and around the water and they are much more commonly found than gators i'm picturing a gator typing that comment (laughs) 
like, <laughs> being like, actually, you should go get your discs. Yeah. <laughs> Gators astroturfing this. I you just know love, like, the one-upping there, too. Like, yeah. Yeah. that's nothing. <laughs> There's thousands of venomous snakes. And then the reply to that is, grew up in southeast Louisiana myself. The gators down there are no joke. We had a pond near my house that was home to about 50. I live in the mountains now, far from any gators, but I still won't even consider going in or near any murky pond. (laughs) (laughs) Guy maybe needs a psychologist. Yeah. You know what? (laughs) That's pretty funny. If you live in the mountains, you can go in the ponds. I'm going to just put that out there. Yeah, but phobias aren't always rational. That's true. Um... Okay, well, yeah, there's my story. All right. Speaking of kind of depressing things that we find when we do these news episodes, I'm like 10 for 10 on every single time we do this, I do, like how I usually find mine is I do like a Google search and I'll put like bear attack and then I click on the news tab to see what's happened. And every single time there's multiple tiger attacks. It just never fails. There's always a few. Yeah, every single time I've ha- I've found them. They're like and the Steph Curry of attacks. They are. And there's always <laughs> one that's like this week too. Like they've always, there's some fresh ones. But there's one that a lot of people sent us this one as well. Um, it was kind of an interesting story because it's another one that is like a mother displaying superhuman strength to save her child. So this one takes place oh, in cool. the Rohania village in the central Indian state of Madhya. Rohan? Pradesh, no, Rohania. Uh, <laughs> in old Elvish, that's a lot of these. <laughs> a lot of these attacks do happen in India when it's tigers. They have about seventy percent of the world's tiger population, so it's likely that if you hear about a tiger attack, it's probably in India. There's also a lot of people there, so there's a lot of uh, human wildlife conflict. Anyway, Archana Chaudhari was 25, and she'd taken her one-year-old son, Rav Iraj outside to relieve himself so he needed to pee or poop or whatever and she took him out of their hut to relieve himself they're in a really rural area and a tiger jumps out of the bushes and attacks them while they're doing that and the tiger actually grabbed this one-year-old baby sunk its claws into its head and then started dragging him away from the mom and the mom just like went in full mom mode she attacked the cat she started kicking it and hitting it and grabbed her son and was pulling it away from the tiger and as she was doing this the tiger's like swiping at her and at her child and she used her bare hands to like punch it in the face and kick it and as it as she was doing that it shifted its focus to her and started attacking her and it actually attacked her so badly that one of its claws punctured her lung so i mean it it was like that's not good that's not good that's a check engine light yeah so uh, the fight's continuing for a few minutes before some other villagers came to her rescue. And when she that happened... She punctures its lung with yeah, her she, claws. she used her claws. But the tiger, <laughs> when these other villagers showed up, the tiger retreated back into the bush. Both mother and child were taken to a medical facility with severe injuries. Uh, they actually thought that she was going to die, but they managed to stabilize her. Uh, the one-year-old kid had large wounds on his head, and then she had deep wounds in her abdomen and a punctured lung. A little bit about this place. She made it. They both made it. They both. They both made it. Yep. Oh, um, good. That village is really close to the Band Havargar. I, I practice saying this, but I can't say it. Band Havargar Tiger Reserve. Sorry, I can't do it. Um, 
but it's a tiger reserve that has a really high density of tigers. But in India, like throughout India right now, they're having a lot of wildlife conflict. A lot of prey species for tigers are becoming less and less common. So tigers are being forced to look at alternative sources of prey, which humans sometimes are. And that's especially common for tigers that have been pushed out of their natural habitat for some reason, or a tiger that's maybe old or infirm or has some kind of malady. But we talk about that a lot with animals like what causes an animal to start hunting humans. I do think tigers are one of the few animals that we kind of are a food source for them. If I were if I were to pick like an animal, if you were to say name the animals that are man eaters, crocodiles would probably be number one and tigers would be number two. I just think that they are an animal that sometimes just decides to eat people. It's not usually like mistaken identity or whatever. Sometimes they just decide to eat us. And, um, mm. if you live a, in a place close to tigers, you're, you're taking that risk. Where do so you think people are on that list? As far as like man eaters? Yeah. Um, we're probably pretty high on it. Dahmer. <laughs> have bump, you, have you heard of ass. the liver king yet? No. He's like this guy that lives in New York that like just eats liver from animals. And that's like, and he doesn't wear a shirt. And he doesn't wipe when he poops. He's all about being primal. <laughs> what? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but uh, I was watching I an interview. you the lead on that a little bit. <laughs> I was watching an interview to a, they do like the bar stool, like Sunday interview things. Mm-hmm. And they were interviewing him. And he was like, have you ever ate a person's testicles? And he said, yeah. What? And then he said that he's like ate his mentor after the guy died. So he waited until he was dead to eat him. That's still a crime, though, right? I think so. I I don't think you can do that. (laughs) I don't know. He's getting pretty famous, just so you guys know. Well, you should should Google him what he looks like real quick. I will. I'll look him up. Oh, is he like that super ripped guy with the huge beard and everything? (laughs) The biggest guy. He's holding, in one of these photos, he's holding what must be like an elephant liver. It's massive. (laughs) In an interview... They oh, asked him what his biggest fear is, and he said that like he wouldn't be able to eat liver anymore for some reason. <laughs> he very staunchly rejects any accusation that he's taking steroids, and it's just like, yeah. dude, come on. Dude, yeah. <laughs> this yeah. dude is huge. Yeah. And then he just like sells pills in his super yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like, how primal are pills, dude? <laughs> uh, oh, why doesn't he wipe when he poops? What does that have to do with anything? Yeah, because he eats so much liver that his just poop comes out. out so nice that he yeah. doesn't have to wipe. Oh, yeah, a phantom that poop. That's really nice, actually. Yeah. <laughs> There's a lot of fiber in it. Wait, does liver have fiber? That's what he says. All right. Well, I'm done with my story. This <laughs> okay. really threw me off. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Mike, um, you got anything? I do. I was going to do my depressing story but after two in a row that were a little heavy i'm gonna switch over to my other one so i'm taking you guys back to japan if that's okay is that okay yeah hell yeah dude okay so this story it comes from japan times and the guardian both reported on this that's where i got most of my info in the fukui prefecture there's been a spate of dolphin attacks Following a recent rash of violent encounters starting earlier this summer, 2022, beachgoers at Koshino Beach in Fukui City are being told to stay away from dolphins. 
According to the Fukui municipal government, since the beginning of summer, there have been at least 10 cases of dolphins biting or ramming swimmers. And on one particularly violent day, it resulted in two men being bitten uh, just hours apart from each other. Both needed to be taken to the hospital to be treated for it. Really? Dolphin bites do some damage, huh? They got sharp little teeth, yeah. Yeah. Those little peg teeth. So a bunch of other similar incidents have been reported over the past several months, leading uh, authorities to believe that this might be the work of a singular, uh, let me just get this right, Indo-Pacific bottlenose dolphin. And so I just don't know, because the last story with the macaque, they also thought that that was a single macaque yeah. going around attacking. So I don't know how much stock you want to put I was going to say, but... Japan Japan like wins the award for letting a single animal just terrorize people for months and months. <laughs> just one Godzilla is yeah. all it takes. They bring, they bring the macaque uh, special unit over, just yeah. make them a dolphin special unit now. <laughs> Um, shoot the beachgoers with trank guns um, you know maybe this is revenge from the dolphins because you know isn't it in japan where they slaughter oh yeah a lot like of thousands yeah. of dolphins every year like daily probably dolphins fight back an interesting thing to note is that each of these encounters that have been reported all happened within 10 meters of the shore which is how many feet jeff how many buses meters is tricky for him 10 meters it's about that 30 sounds feet like a bus one yeah. bus yeah probably yeah around one bus so this is a sign that the dolphin's probably just grown much too accustomed to being close to people because yeah. it's, you know, coming this Situation. close to shore. And typically, I don't know, Wes, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but typically dolphins are more flight. Mm, it just depends. Like a single dolphin, maybe a pod of dolphins might engage. But yeah, I mean, generally any wild animal is going to like try and get away from people. Almost all animals are flight. So yeah, you're right. That was, okay. that like, was my reaction when you started telling the story was like it's weird that they have to tell people to stay away from dolphins yeah yeah because like why like why would you be able to get close to dolphins i i'm guessing again like it's probably a fed dolphin people had probably been going out there and feeding or playing with this dolphin and then when it stopped it got aggressive you know yeah how bad do you think it hurt to get rammed by a dolphin? a lot i think it would hurt really bad yeah really? Bottle they, nose, they can like, go so fast right in yeah and like all that pressure is just like in the yeah. pinpoint of their nose it would really hurt i mean they can like <laughs> knock sharks unconscious and stuff like what yeah they can kill sharks by ramming them their nose Get is like the here. like the one finger death punch thing that like yeah. what is it eat man from one inch away or in Kill Bill at the end they yeah. they do the Kill Bill where they hit you five times fast and you <laughs> yeah. like die yeah uh, so a beach house operator that had been working this Ooh, specific beach okay um, <laughs> but he said he'd been working at this beach for over forty years and there before this summer had never been a case where the dolphins had been gumming so close to people. So in response to these encounters, officials tried installing these little machines underneath the water that emit ultrasonic sound waves to repel dolphins away from the shore. And it just hasn't worked at all. There have been more reported encounters since they did that. And, uh, Realizing that it's just not safe at all to be in the water, the police and the city officials just been like going around the beach with little pamphlets, handing them out, being like, hey, we urge you to not get in the water anymore and like yeah. maybe to not even come to the beach. So like it's, it's like Jaws. It's the dolphin version of Jaws. It really I, is. I really these stories that you've told so far, Mike, make me want to just move to Japan <laughs> and get hired as like a wildlife conflict specialist. You'd be like because a hero. I 
feel like they just need someone there that just <laughs> is ready to. It just feels like I don't know. To me, it feels like they probably have more animal rights, which is weird since they do kill like a billion dolphins a year. But like yeah, here, know. we would just like go kill the dolphin. I don't probably think. unless they're and there. Protected. Maybe that's like more per, pro- problematic. Yeah, I, w- I will mention in that tiger story, that tiger they didn't kill it. Like they pushed it back into the forest because oh. they are protected, which really surprised me. Yeah, and I do think that sometimes an animal, because of its protected status, they just can't do it. And those macaques are maybe probably those... that way. I don't know about dolphins. The dolphins could be. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, I'll, the end of it? I'll just wrap this up real quick. Okay. Uh, one last encounter I did want to cite was in late August, another man, this one, he was uh, 60 years old, roundabout. He was bitten on the arm by a dolphin when he was swimming less than 15 feet away from the shore. He told the paper that he had tried to pry the dolphin's mouth open and off of his arm, and it just wasn't budging at all. So he started panicking. He gave a quote that said, it refused to let go of his arm. And it was trying to force itself on top of him, and it nearly pushed him all the way under the water. He panicked, but was saved when someone nearby drove it away. And he said, I'd heard about the dolphin on the news and was going to get out of the water immediately if I saw it. But by the time I noticed, it was right next to me. Is it true that dolphins, like, rape people? I I don't think that's the right, like, word. I mean, it'd be like saying, like, when a a a dog, dog like, humps you, Mm. I would just say, like... They're very like sexual animals, and they mm. sometimes see a person as like a object of sexual desire, so they'll hunt people. And I think like for a swimmer or something that's in a really foreign environment, it's hard to repel a dolphin that's humping you. So it's yeah, yeah it's true. Like very, yeah. yeah, but I don't know if I'd okay. use the R word for yeah. that. Uh, <laughs> Precious bear spray won't work underwater there, Wes. Yeah, checkmate. Uh, that's true. <laughs> Checkmate. Well, they have to come up to breathe, so you could just wait. True. Just leave. blast it right in their blowhole. Oh man, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that'd be so effective. Probably. Until they blow it back out at. That's you. true. <laughs> yeah. All right, Jeff, you got any more? Yeah. So I'm just gonna give you two quick, two quickies here. This one happened August 8th, and it's a 22 year old man named Govind Mishra, and he was in Bihar. India. But anyways, he went back home to Bihar, India to visit his older brother's funeral and like pay his last respects. And his older brother had just died from a venomous snake bite. Now I looked through a ton of articles. They all said the exact same thing because whenever there's, or not whenever, but a lot of times with animal stories from India, there's just not a lot of details and all the articles say the exact same thing. Yeah. So this is how this one was. So I'm not going to, I'm not going to have the species of snake. I can tell you a couple of culprits that would be very likely. Yeah, there's like four that it could have been from what I Yeah, read. spectacled cobra, Russell's viper, common crate are the three big ones. That okay. are like, yeah, it was probably one of those three. Probably a spectacled cobra or a Russell's viper. But anyway, so this this guy, he goes home to like pay respect to his brother, pays respect, says his um, final things at the funeral, and then a few hours later gets bit by a venomous snake in his bed no way. and dies. What? Jeez. <laughs> and then another family member was also bit by a snake. Oh, no. And was in critical condition but pulled through did they let suraj out of prison 
<laughs> what? Surat. Remember our story? The guy that was killing, they killed his wife oh, with yeah. venomous snakes. <laughs> he's like trying to, he's trying to he's kill all these people. Yeah. Yeah. And that's where like police were super vague about the story and like said that they like weren't going. They said though that they didn't think it, any criminal conduct had taken place. Huh. There are, I mean, India has like, I want to say it's 50,000 deaths per year from snake bite, Man. which is pretty insane like that's a wild number when you think about it and there are places in india where it's much more common than others so it yeah. could just be that you know or it could have been like a drought and all these Bihar, snakes yeah apparently <laughs> it could have been a drought and all these snakes are going toward water sources that are close to homes it could be you know they lost some habitat so they're looking for new habitat who knows but Maybe they're hoarders and there's just a bunch of snakes in their house and yeah. they yeah. can't see them because yeah. they got a bunch of stuff. Or it's something genetic, like their legs look particularly tasty to snakes or something. Not, I don't think look, these snakes were trying to eat them. Toes look like mice. <laughs> and that is something I want to bring up really quick. Like Again, with our snake bites, our venomous snake bites, it's almost always a defensive bite. Like a person steps somewhere where there's a snake or puts their hand somewhere where there's a snake or corners a snake somehow, or tries to pick one up or something. So these aren't. This isn't a snake trying to eat someone. It's a snake biting someone because it's scared. The Govind one, he was asleep. So yeah, like, he could have rolled like, over though, or moved yeah, in his yeah. sleep. Like they don't bite people that are sleeping unless, again, they're like. But I'm just saying, scared. it sucks for him. It does suck. He's just sleeping. Yeah. Well, don't and sleep then... in India. <laughs> just kidding. I love it. Another too. headline that. You know, this one could just be like a dumb headline that it's not really that much people. Mm-hmm. But something I learned, did you know that the queen, R.I.P., Queen Elizabeth, yeah. was on like the $5 money in Australia? I assume she was on some note in Australia, yeah. So she was on the 5 and now they're going to change it to King Charles the Third. And, and so they have to like switch out. He's all got their those money. big old sausage fingers, and <laughs> he like, sure does. Might be a pedophile. Yeah. So like the people in Australia are kind of like I don't know about having him on our money. <laughs> yeah. So there's a big yeah. push to put Steve Irwin on there. Oh god, that would be so cool. <laughs> <laughs> so for our Australian listeners, go vote. Yeah. <laughs> Get out for a vote. <laughs> Whichever candidate says they'll put Steve Irwin on your money, vote for them. Regardless doesn't of their matter politics. what else they're yeah. doesn't matter what yeah. else yeah. The single issue voter. All right. So this is a quick one. Uh this week actually a nine year old boy was mauled by a grizzly bear in Alaska while hunting. He was with some kind of adult male relative. The articles didn't specify who that was. They were hunting moose north of Anchorage and they surprised a female grizzly and a cub. The grizzly and cub charged this boy. They mauled the boy and the adult relative. While the bear was actually mauling the boy, though, this the older guy who's 41 managed to shoot the bear and killed it. Both hunters sustained injuries, but the boy's injuries were much more substantial. He was placed in critical care. But as of September 21st, uh, he was listed as stable. Authorities in Alaska are looking for the cub. The mom was killed. The cub ran off. They're going to euthanize it if they find it. I personally... Don't think they would have to. There's been some studies that show that cubs, even really young cubs, can survive or maybe make it. And it's not like this cub did anything outside of its natural behavior. A female grizzly charging someone because they surprised it isn't like a, a rare thing. And this is something I just wanted to bring up really quick. If any of you out there are hunters, if you're planning on going out and hunting this fall, 
in grizzly country, you are at a much higher risk of grizzly attack than pretty much any other segment of the population. And that's because you're sneaking around, you're trying to be really quiet, you're like trying to cover up your scent, you're doing everything that you shouldn't do in grizzly country. And so that's for that reason, a lot of hunters do get mauled by grizzlies. Not a lot, but like a much higher percentage than probably any other demographic. And so carry bear spray if you're hunting in grizzly country and be ready to use it because it does happen to hunters more often than anyone else. Cool. All right, Mike. All right. Because right. they can't wear bear bells because they're scared. Right. They'll scare moves. all their animals away. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So this is my last story. And bear bells don't work. <laughs> This is the bull shark, the bull shark attack that happened. Bull shark, bull shark attack <laughs> that resulted in a fatality down in the Bahamas earlier this month, early in September. Caroline De Placido was vacationing with her family down in the Bahamas. They were on a cruise liner that eventually reached the destination. I think it was Nassau where they, I don't know, do cruise liners drop anchor? Is that what they do? Like they something come like to that? port. I don't know. Of, yeah. yeah, they made port at Nassau, and uh, instead of hanging around the cruise ship for the day, Caroline and her family decided to split off from the rest of the boat and the people and do their own thing, and hired a third-party snorkeling tour operation that took them to nearby Rose Island, which is a really popular, really beautiful spot to do snorkeling. So after what I imagine was a really nice morning of snorkeling with the family. At around 2 p.m., Caroline's family saw her being attacked by what was quickly identified as a bull shark. They were able to pull her out of the water, it sounded like, pretty quickly. But by then, the damage had already been done, and she sustained just massive injuries to the left side of her body, particularly the upper extremities, it said. And by the time the tour operators and her family were able to get her to the hospital, she was showing no signs, no vital signs of life. So dead on arrival, unfortunately. And this, I I don't regret doing this, but it was a really hard thing to do. I went in search of her obituary just to kind of like, I don't know, it seemed like the right thing to do to get the human element of the story down right. By the way, this is from BBC News, where I got most of my information for this story, but it, it was widely reported. She was the project coordinator of the Office of Community and Government Relations at Gannon University, and the university officials, all of these people that worked with her, they released a statement that said, Caroline was a powerful presence of kindness and friendship to colleagues, students, and the wider community and cherished many family ties to Gannon. The news is devastating and she will be missed. And the obituary went on to say just like the most glowing review of a human being you could ever see. Just an amazing mother, amazing wife, amazing colleague. And it's just like, yeah, I want it's I don't want to take away from like the heavy nature of this story. But I also do want to reiterate, we say this all the time, that on a bad year, maybe 10 people are dying from shark attacks every year. Right. You know, this is like the odds of this happening are so infinitesimally small that I know it's easy to say, don't worry about it because like these things stick in your mind and this one's going to stick in mine. But again, like I think our whole point here is to prepare people to where like they don't have to worry about it, but they're prepared for it. You know, so if you are out snorkeling in the Bahamas and you see a bull shark, you know what to do, which Uh, is like keep forward facing the shark try and keep something in between you and the shark don't panic don't splash do whatever you can to face it and if it comes toward you push it away but like I feel for you reading that obituary 
because on a lot of the stories that I research, I kind of have to like stop once I start reading about the person's like personal life connections and what they've done because it's hard. Like it's hard. I'm not saying it's hard to realize they're real people. We obviously realize that, but it's hard not to get a little connected to people when you're talking about this kind of thing. Yeah. So I got no issues reading that stuff. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I'll just send them over to you. You Jeff can just ice cold. Um, <laughs> you are right though. Like we do so much more to sharks than they do to us, like by magnitudes and magnitudes. Yeah. Where would you rank bull sharks as far as like the they're most top, dangerous? They're top bull. three. Great whites nope. are number one. You, you're answering the wrong question. Oh, most dangerous bull? Yeah. I would like say bullfrog, bull shark, bulls. Bulldog. I'd say I would say they're Bulldog. number two. Cereal bull. I'd put you them think after bulls, bulls. are more dangerous. Well, I don't know. Like you could talk about like bull elk, bull bison. There's a lot I of bulls. I feel like with bulls though, like if we didn't run away from them in a narrow street or ride them, yeah, I'm sure then they wouldn't kill anyone. There's probably still more people that get killed by them, even just like by accident every year mm-hmm. than bull sharks. But I would say they're the scariest of all the bulls. Bull sharks. Bull frogs don't kill people. I don't think so. So I've dove, I mean, I went out in, in Florida and like did open water diving with bull sharks and it was like one of the most peaceful, amazing experiences of my life surrounded by bull sharks, like a dozen of them all around me. And because I was with someone who really understood their behavior, because I felt like I somewhat understood their behavior, it could be like a controlled environment sort of thing, but you do just need to be prepared when you enter the water. It's just, that's just something that you need to keep in mind. It's a foreign environment. And that's actually a perfect segue for uh, uh, my new segment that I created. So I noticed this, this month as I was preparing some of these news stories, I saw some headlines that were like very sensationalized and very clickbaity. Just want you to click on the article, even though it really like demonizes the animal and the animal really didn't do anything wrong at all. And I really hate that. It's such a pet peeve for me because it creates this culture of fear. It makes people think that animals are bloodthirsty monsters and it's really bad for animals. Like it really is. It makes, it gives people a negative perception and then they don't care about conservation. So my new segment is like to take these headlines. I'm going to read you the headline. I'm going to give you a brief synopsis of the story and then I'm going to rework that headline into, a, I think, a more fair one for the animals. And I okay. just, <laughs> I want to like start with a little disclaimer. I don't think animal life is more important than human life. I really don't. But sometimes it is just way too skewed on these articles. Okay. The first one, woman, 64, ambushed, dragged underwater, and nearly drowned by turtle. All right, so (laughs) this story involves a 64-year-old Russian woman who's on vacation in Turkey. She was swimming on her back about 10 feet from shore when a large loggerhead turtle bit into her 64-year-old butt and dragged her down. (laughs) It tried to drag her underwater. She tried to stay afloat. It released its grip just to bite again, and then a man rushed into the water to help. He caused the turtle to release, release its grip. He got bit in the process as well. She suffered wounds on her butt, her hip, her legs, and her fingers. She, after this, said she's never going in the ocean again, which to me probably seems like a good idea for her, at least. 
as far as loggerhead turtles are concerned, they can weigh as much as a cow is what this article said. That's not really common. Like much more common is like 100 or 200 pounds for a big loggerhead turtle. They're very widespread. They're one of the more common species in the world. They're still listed as vulnerable. Thousands of them are killed every year as bycatch. So I'm reworking this article, so, or the headline. So the first, again, the original headline is Woman, 64, Ambushed, Dragged Underwater, and Nearly Drowned by Turtle. My new headline is Human Woman Visits Completely Foreign Environment and is Bitten by Curious Turtle Who Lives There Full-Time. All right. I wouldn't so click. So she's a human woman and the turtle was bi-curious? No, it bit her because it was curious. Oh, uh, yeah. I thought you were saying sexually bi-curious. That's why it went for the butt. I for sure would click on Jeff's headline. <laughs> okay, my next one. Oklahoma boy, four, needed five bags of anti-venom after rattlesnake attack. Okay, so a four-year-old's playing in his yard in Oklahoma when he's bitten by a pygmy rattlesnake on his foot. His mom rushes him to the hospital where he's given five bags of anti-venom. I have no idea what that means. He ends up making a full recovery. Garbage bag? Yeah, I don't know. Who knows? <laughs> he ends up making a full recovery after two hospital visits. Like, I guess they discharged him and then they noticed his blood count was a little low, so they took him back. And right after the bite, the mom found the rattlesnake and killed it. So again, the headline is Oklahoma boy four needed five bags of anti-venom after rattlesnake attack. I'm guessing that means like five doses, which is a normal amount. Can they amount. put it in like an IV bag? A uh, dose? Probably. Yeah. Yeah. That's <laughs> All right. What they meant. So I have two alternative headlines for this one. First one, smallest species of rattlesnake busy removing pests from Oklahoma yard when it defends itself from giant predator and pays with its life. My second one is human boy receives average amount of anti-venom after stepping on local snake in its natural habitat. Snake murdered for being stepped on. Mm, I like that second one. Yeah. That, felt, right. that felt fair. My third one here is frightening video shows Python trying to aggressively bite man who was trying to feed it. So this one is like total clickbait. It's just a dude in a video like he's got a captive reticulated Python. He opens a door to feed it and it like lunges out. It goes on the ground and he like throws at the chicken he was trying to feed it and it eats it. It's very normal. <laughs> Any keeper that has like a python has seen this a thousand times. It's like the snake knows its feeding schedule. It knows that when their keeper comes to the gate, it's like about to be fed. So it's like excited to eat. So my alternative headline is captive snake shows natural behavior and aggressively tries to eat food that it's being fed. All right. <laughs> my last one. Breastfeeding BC woman saves pet goose from eagle attack. No notes on this one. It's totally accurate. This oh. woman was breastfeeding. <laughs> was gonna... <laughs> yeah. She's uh, breastfeeding her baby. An eagle attacks her pet goose. She runs out uh, topless to try and stop it. It's a great video. You should look. Oh, it there's up. a video. Does she yeah. still have the baby? Like she's holding the baby suckling. like on her boob. That's awesome. And she runs out to chase this eagle uh, off of like her a, pet goose. Like a French, you know those paintings of like the French Revolution where there's always a topless woman yeah. just like flailing yeah. around. Or like the f- Maryland's flag. Maryland's flag. Oh, Maryland's. Yeah, they have like a topless lady. I didn't know that. Oh, do they? Interesting. Yeah. All right, could that's be, it for my it could headlines. Be Virginia. Maryland has that really crazy flag with like all yeah, the like weird the checker marking on it. and yeah. Oh yeah, you're Virginia. right. The Virginia flag that has the like the okay. little the lady in the chitin thing, and she's like just murdered someone. Nice. Yeah, that's like that. sweet. <laughs> all right, on to categories. Uh, we're gonna just burn through these ones. 
All right. So first, let's do favorite viral video you saw recently. Okay. Is it animal viral video or any viral yeah, video? Yeah, animal viral okay. video. Okay. I saw one that happened earlier this summer, but it's kind of like made the rounds again. It's this guy riding his bike on the side of the road in India, and all of a sudden a leopard like pounces on him and knocks him off his bike. Yeah, and he's lucky that like a car drives by right at that moment, and I think that car is enough to scare the leopard off of him. So the leopard leaves him alone and runs back into the bush. But it was like a close call for this dude, um, and it's a really cool video just to see how this leopard appears out of nowhere and grabs this guy. Mike, what you got? So mine is the recent one that made the rounds about the parents putting their little girl on a sea lion's back. And sometimes there are videos where you're like, I could see like a moment you lapse judgment, you do something kind of dumb. I get it. With this one, it's it's like I would never in a million years do that to my child, you know? And you just know the parents who like would make that decision are the same people who would like be mad at the sea lion after. Yeah. 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 (laughs) (laughs) Like you bit my kid. Yeah. All right. I'm going to do two real quick. There's one in California where a bear like walked into a little convenience store. That is a good one. And then I really appreciated it because it went straight for the Reese's and then took off. (laughs) And like, that's the best candy. Mm -hmm. Mike, Reese's still don't taste good to you? No, but back when they did, my favorite candy was like the big cup, like the big fat Reese's cups. Oh man, it probably got those ones, right? Uh, I think I was getting the king size Reese's. Mm. And then there was in India, uh, Assam, India, this elephant like went into an elementary school and was just like walking through the halls. Oh, Did you wow. see that, Mike? No, I didn't see that one. Oh, really? I put it on Tooth and Claw Instagram story. Oh, did you? Yeah. I have a hard time with Instagram. That, I'm yeah, sorry. I just didn't matter. I try. Yeah. I really do. Can you imagine being in elementary school and just like seeing an elephant <laughs> walk by your classroom? Best day. It's pretty crazy. Yeah. It would be crazy. You go home and your parents are like, what'd you learn today? And you'd be like, I saw an elephant. And they'd be like, oh, okay. Sure you did. I think in <laughs> India they might be like, oh, yeah. okay. <laughs> yeah, so did we. Okay, we're going to do a really quick one that we found on Twitter. So this this person, Nathan W. Peel on Twitter was... Uh, Pyle. He's like the Pyle. author of the Strange Planet comic series. Wants to know, in a five-on-five soccer tournament, which team of animals would win? And then you can only use emojis. Oh, okay. So real quick, we're going to do that. So, like, look up your emojis. We'll go in order of age. So Wes, Mike, and then me. And we're just going to start picking. Okay, my first pick is the elephant. On your soccer team. (gasps) There's videos of elephants playing soccer, right? I don't know. But I'm just parking them in front of the goal. Mm. Mike, yeah. who you got? I'm going to use an orangutan in goal. It's a good pick. I'm going to go with the grizzly bear, but I'm taking those Russian hockey bears. Oh, yeah. Because they already know how to like score goals in hockey. Can I change my first pick really quick? Nope. Nope. Too We're going to keep burning through. It's your pick, though, so go. Okay, I guess I'll pick a whale, and I'm just <laughs> dropping him as a defender in front of the goalie, too. So the whale's just spread out like on the... Kind of on the like box. The, the whale's gonna die eventually, though, and you can't just have a yeah, dead okay. player on the field. No, I can. He's how just long, gonna stay there. How long will uh, do beached whales live? Do they live? For we a have while? we have someone on our team that just has a hose that's spraying him down, okay. and then he'll <laughs> live for a long time. That sounds like cheating. 
but okay. Yeah. Well. So my second pick is going to be a camel. You got to stay hydrated, and I think they're going to be able to go the distance midfielder. Oh yeah, that you got like the lot at the end of the game. It's going to be using the reserves in its hump. Exactly. I'm going to go with the alligator. Just with the I tail. This isn't baseball, Jeff. This is soccer. All right. So, <laughs> oh, I, so you admit they'd be good I at baseball. Don't. My third pick is the bald eagle. Oh. Um, we don't have any rules against flying animals here. It can just pick up that soccer ball and just deliver it right into the goal. So he's my. Can't use your hands. Uh, it can use its feet, and that's its feet. Its hands are its wings. <laughs> yeah. Okay, Mike. Okay, I'm gonna go with a bighorn sheep, and it'll be a defensive specialist, just ramming people like a bludgeon. What do they call them in oh, Harry I Potter? Like that. Well, the, and corner kicks for like a header. Header. Oh yeah, that's a good. Yeah. Is there a bighorn sheep emoji? Pro- well, a ram. Is there a ram? Him. Okay. Yeah, there's a ram. Yeah, we'll just yeah. do ram. I'm going with a puffer fish. Okay. And like you're gonna think you're, you're it's gonna be my goalie. And what? you're going to think you have, That's like, an open goal, and then it's going to blow up yeah. and, like, block your shot. I would pick it, but use it as, like, a, a decoy so the other team thinks it's the ball, and then I just <laughs> sneak around the other side while they're trying to kick the puffer fish. I'm on my fourth pick, and I'm picking the T-Rex as my fourth pick. That's a good uh, pick. <laughs> yeah, and it well, it's just going to do whatever it wants, but that's my fourth pick. Uh, I'll go with Cheetah as my striker. Get, Get some, some speed. speed. I'm going with the octopus because you got to use your legs and it has eight of them. That's so a, it just seems smart. Okay. okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. My, I think my last pick is going to be the silverback gorilla. Um, intelligent, fast, agile, strong, kind of everything I want in an overall player. Yeah, like team so, captain kind of. Mike? Let's go with a... I got such a good last pick. Shoot, I'm going to blow it here, I know. I'll go with a pig. Oh, you got any reasons? Blew it. Yeah. <laughs> good team leader if you got, like, babe. Yeah, pig. well, like, animal farm. They take over the farm, get all the other animals, like, Dude, killed I, and stuff. I just thought of the best one. You guys are both going to so, be so Yeah, bad. I'm going to go with pig. What's yours, Jeff? Okay, so... Bumping pufferfish is no longer my goalie. You said we Spider. can't do that. I wanted to put a whale in at my goalie, and you said I couldn't change my pick. I'm not changing it. Oh, you're just changing your lineup? Position, yeah. Okay, then uh, my whale's so, my goalie. Yeah, you, I thought we allowed that. I didn't think so, but that's fine. You can change it. Well, spider is my goalie. Okay. And it's just going to make a spider web across the entire goal. That's so, so good. None of the balls can Shoot. go in. Well, that's going to have to be a pretty strong spider web to stop my yeah, T-Rex from be. scoring. <laughs> <laughs> or elephant. <laughs> I hope you have Shelob as your spider. So let's, Wes, you want to say yours? Yeah, you so I've got a whale, an elephant, an eagle, a T-Rex, and a silverback gorilla. <laughs> good picks all around. I took a camel, an orangutan, a pig, a cheetah, and a ram. I have a terrible team, guys. Yeah, I really you're not poor, beating me. Really poor job. Uh, I don't even remember all mine. <laughs> okay, you have Oct- octopus, pufferfish, spider, and then oh yeah, alligator. It's gonna hit heaters. No, and then I forget my first pick. What was it, my first pick? It was your goalie, and it was uh... no. Then my first pick wasn't goalie. Oh, okay. I don't remember your first pick. Oh, yeah. It is a grizzly bear that plays yeah. hockey. Yeah, that's right. That's right. <laughs> All right. 
Well, I won. Yeah, I think Wes. <laughs> yeah, we don't even really. need to play into a vote. <laughs> All right. Jeff, do you got any listener questions for us? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, while, while Jeff's looking those up, I wanted to say something really quick. Recently, we've been getting a lot of reviews from people that listen to the podcast National Park After Dark. And, you know, I'm, I am a big fan of that podcast, so I was really thrilled that they shouted us out. We're going to do some collaboration with them soon, but welcome all you new listeners. Thanks so much to the ladies over at National Park After Dark for shouting us out. There's a real mutual love between our two podcasts, so we're excited to work with them. Also, I recently did an episode with um, Too Scary Didn't Watch, which was really fun. We recapped Anaconda, which I hadn't actually watched in a long time, and I forgot how silly that movie is. All three of us were on High and Mighty, and then I did an episode of Fright Day with my friend Kelly and uh, her friend Byron, which is out too. So that's kind of a little podcast roundup of stuff we're doing outside of our podcast. Okay, I'm ready. You guys ready for listener questions? Yep. Okay, from Patreon. This is from Isabel, and they want to know, are there any land ma- any land animals affected by the moon cycle? Yeah, there are, for sure. I was reading about it, and like it's kind of everything. Because like yeah. predators will hunt more because there's more light, but then prey like move a lot less because right. they know that they'll be hunted. Right. So I think it kind of evens out. And clams don't open. Yeah, there's a lot oh, of things. But they're they're an ocean animal. But yeah, I was reading the uh, the Twilight books again recently, and there's a couple animals in there that depend on the Wait, moon cycle. Were you really? <laughs> no. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Right. Yeah. No, that's a good point. <laughs> yeah, but there definitely are. Like a lot of animals are affected by it, but it might not be the same way that like some animals in the ocean are affected by it on like a cellular cellular level, but like. A lot of the animals we're talking about, it's going to be more of like a behavioral level that they're it's affected kinda, by it. Wolves, wolves get a little like, and dogs get a little more rowdy. Yeah, you know, start howling a bit. Totally. All right. So from Conrad, what's your favorite Lord of the Rings comic relief moment? Hmm. You want me to start? Yeah, go for it. Uh, for me, it's when. Faramir gets like pressured by his dad Denethor to go back out and try to recapture that city and then Pippin is singing in the hall and then he eats the half of a to- little tomato and just Denethor. squirts tomato all over himself yeah. and it's like a really intense moment and then he's just like squirting tomato juice that part's always funny I think or meets back on the menu that that's, that's a good pretty joke. funny yeah i think my favorite is a deleted scene or an extended version scene but it's where mary and pippin find all the food and like pipeweed and at isengard yeah. And they just like get baked out of their minds. <laughs> and she is like, what's going on? Yeah. Down there? And they're just like super high. And the movie, it doesn't even like kind of, it doesn't allude to it. It's like very obvious that they're just like <laughs> way high. I love that part. Mine's when Gollum bites Frodo's finger off. That's just hilarious to me. You, neither of you guys picked actual comic <laughs> relief films. Gollum is is like mine. Legitimately makes me. It laugh. is pretty it does. funny. Gollum's objectively funny in Lord of the Rings, like where he's talking to himself and stuff. That's also a really funny part. I also love where Aragorn spits out the soup. Oh yeah, the whole the whole soup <laughs> segment is a great scene. Okay, another one. This is from Isabel. I don't know if it's the same person. 
Um, doubling up. Yeah, and doubling up on Lord of the Rings. How much ground does Denethor cover when he leaps from the pier and runs off the cliff of Minas Tirith? Because in the movie, it's like two seconds, and that would make him hella fast. Yeah, they definitely, like, it was quite a bit of ground. He was on like, fire yeah, for a while. It's a few hundred yards to jump off that. <laughs> like, thing he had to be really determined to want to jump off there. Yeah. But, but it's a cool it. scene. It's yeah. a cool scene. So we're glad it made it. Yeah. I'm glad he did. And then on to Instagram. Uh, from Joelle, Joelle probably. They want to know if we're going to do another Rings of Power episode. I think we should. We've just been so busy that it's been hard. I say we do like an end of season recap maybe yeah. or something. We might just like record or those. like one mid-season one. After the season's over. But we definitely want to. I Honestly, like I don't want to... We won't say anything that's spoilerish or anything. I've really liked it. It's kind of surpassed my expectations. I look forward to it every week, so I'd love to talk about it more. Uh, Hail on a Trail wants to know, so like with the Provo mountain lion attack where the guy started throwing rocks at it at the mm-hmm. end? Not an attack, but yeah. Yeah, thanks. Encounter. Yeah. Is yeah. there any specific animal or scenario that throwing rocks would increase the likelihood of attack yes i would feel like it if i were the animal that would piss me off enough to want to rumble yeah like a moose i wouldn't throw rocks or anything at a moose i wouldn't throw it at a grizzly bear there's a lot of animals where you don't in fact there aren't many where you do want to throw rocks a mountain lion is one of them black bears are one of them but a lot of other ones you wouldn't want to because it could antagonize the animal so they're, you know, these are all really nuanced things. Every animal's different. So don't think that, like, because it works for one, it'll work for others. Um, so from Alex R., she wants to know, uh, if you could switch any predator-prey relationship in the wild, which would you choose? For example, a rabbit hunting a fox would be interesting sight to see in the wild. Oh, that's kind of a funny question. Yeah. <laughs> I think I would pick balls of sardines. And like all the stuff that eats them. Cause you see those like big spectacles where there's a ball of sardines and there's like sailfish and birds and whales and all this stuff coming at them. It'd be really scary if huge balls of sardines just were like massive cooperative predators. That would be kind of cool. <laughs> yeah. Like so that's the, what I'm picking. The locusts in Jurassic World Dominion. Yeah. So exactly cool. Like Man, <laughs> I love that movie. My pick. So. I've been thinking a lot about the far side ever since last time someone asked about it. And I really, really enjoy any of the strips or the panels where the deer are wearing like hunter's gear and shooting at humans. Um, It may be uh, funny. It's funny. Like it's meant to be a joke. It's supposed to be funny. I I don't know. I I guess maybe I wouldn't like to see that in real life, but the idea of it is funny to me. Oh, if we we can pick humans and our like relationships, (laughs) then yeah, I'm totally on board with that. I'm picking seals and polar bears. Just like the seals popping out of the ice and just taking a polar bear down. All right. Um, from Wolf1681, what is the most gruesome injury you've personally witnessed? Gruesome injury I've... Oh. Yeah. I, I've seen some doozies. <laughs> I saw people get killed in Brazil. I saw a guy get hit by a car and his brains were everywhere. I've seen some shit. (laughs) (laughs) I was thinking of when I ruptured my patellar tendon playing basketball and my kneecap was like 
all the way up my yeah, thigh. I hate that one. But then you just brought that up. I was like, oh yeah, I've seen a bunch of people get killed. So that's worse. My county people you seen get killed. Um, <laughs> I like how this question's more like a weird this. question. I don't know. Uh, so my friend and I did see someone is really odd situation, but someone was zipping by on a motorcycle while my friend and I were just sitting on a park bench. And for some reason, the tires slid out from underneath him and he rolled. And like, I just, <laughs> it's like weird recalling this in like such a public way. But yeah, he didn't have the necessary body parts to continue living after the oh, accident was all said and done. Like he was dead like right away? Yeah, there, yeah. That's how the guy that got hit by a car that I saw was that way too. I saw a guy on a motorcycle in Guatemala get hit by a car. Uh-huh. And he did like a face slide across the hood. God, and I then don't want to talk front flip. And he did like a face slide, front flip, and landed it and was like fine. Oh, wow. That's amazing. But it was crazy. He did yeah. like a break dance move across the whole hood of the car. <laughs> All, right. All right. One more. Ryan Pelster. Mike can bring back the Sonics, but they're now called the Seattle Horses. Does he do it? Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Oh man, I would. But you love this. It should be Seattle name. Stallions, though. The Seattle Horses. Sounds Seattle deserves better. to have a team. I wouldn't like them in the same way, but <laughs> man, really anything to get basketball back in that city. Oh, that sucks. That that's it for <laughs> listener questions. <laughs> All right. You love Mike's. the name Supersonic. Oh, it's so good. Yeah, it's a great name. All right. Well, I think that's it for the episode. Thanks, everyone. Thanks, everyone, for sending us news episodes or news clippings and or clippings. You guys aren't sending us clippings. Thanks <laughs> for sending us these news yeah, blurbs. Cutting uh, out stories from your yeah. local newspapers. Mom's been sending you some of your yeah, mom does do that. that that's where your mind is. <laughs> anyway, we really appreciate it. We appreciate the continued support from all you subscribers out there. If you are looking for more bonus content, hop on to our Patreon or our Apple Grizz Club. We I don't know. We got like... 40 or 50 bonus episodes on there now. It's pretty crazy. Yeah. It's good stuff. We've been we've been putting out some heaters lately too. Been, yeah, yeah, we have. Jeff did a great fire ant episode. Um I just did a grizzly bear attack. Mike, what was your last Patreon episode? It was a good one. You know which one I really liked of yours was the one where we had to you did the old-timey explanations of animals and we had to guess what animal they were talking oh, about. Oh, yeah. Was that, that the was last one, one I did? It might have been. No. You did one after that. Mm. But anyway, Anteaters. check it out if you feel like it. You Anteaters. doubled up, too, yeah. because I was, like, depressed, so I didn't do any yeah. for <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> anyway, I hope you're feeling better now, Jeff, and we love you all. Thanks so much for listening. Love you Thanks, guys. Thanks, everyone. Bye. Stay safe. Don't get eaten. Yep. Words to live by. <laughs> See ya. Hey guys, Heather Ashley here, host of the Big Mad True Crime Podcast. If you're looking for a true crime podcast with all of the details and none of the small talk, you have found your people. Each week, we dive deep into a new case and learn everything there is to know, from getting to know the victim and the impact their cases had on those around them, to the investigation into what happened to them and who is or might be responsible, and if the bad guy looks like he might drink whiskey by a dumpster or has the social skills of an ogre, we say it because we were all thinking it anyway. 
As the name suggests, we get big mad over true crime, and I would love to have you join our incredible community of listeners with big hearts and zero time for small talk. Subscribe to Big Mad True Crime anywhere you listen to podcasts and listen to new episodes every single Monday.